like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello. We are doing <laughs> nostalgic movie reviews. I'm Steven. I'm David. And today we are looking at Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This yes. is a 2008 film. Uh, it's PG-13 and two hours, two minutes long. The synopsis is in 1957, Indiana Jones becomes entangled in a Soviet plot to uncover the secret behind mysterious artifacts known as the Crystal Skulls. This movie, of course, is starring Harrison Ford. Um, it also has Kate Blanchett, Shia LaBeouf, Karen Allen, uh, Ray Winstone, John Hurt, and Jim Bro- Broadbent. Those are pretty much the, the main cast there. Yeah, uh, this movie I, I initially put down as a bad pick. Um, and I I don't know. I think on the rewatch, I have officially decided that this movie deserves its place alongside the other Indiana Jones movies. Um, as I kind of alluded to uh, a few episodes back when we first brought up this movie, or I don't know if we actually talked about it in the podcast at all, but this is the first Indiana Jones movie I've ever seen all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of the first two. Um, I never really cared for the franchise, never really wanted to see it. I'm not a big fan of Harrison Ford, <laughs> but I... I, I, I saw why this movie's hated for some of the things it's hated for, but I also didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, especially for how much this movie is downplayed a lot by a lot of people who are fans of the franchise. You guys can't see me, but I'm like shaking my head so much. <laughs> like the amount of disappointment. Whatever. It's almost as much as I disappointed you with never playing any of the Silent Hill games. <laughs> No, this is worse, man. Hey. Like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this, 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 like, the Indiana Jones franchise is timeless. It is so amazing. And I just don't get why someone would not be at all interested in it. And I also don't understand why you wouldn't like Harrison Ford. Like, that breaks my heart. I've never been a fan of Harrison okay. Ford. I don't know what it is. Like, I haven't watched him in anything. I'm like, wow, Harrison Ford's the best. No, Harrison Ford's Harrison Ford, and he plays the same character in everything. I think you haven't seen a lot of Harrison Ford I, I haven't, because and... I don't like him. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm holding in some things. I'm trying not to be mean. All right. So this movie, uh, uh, originally when I saw this in theaters, I was like, you know, I, I actually enjoyed the theater experience, but this movie just didn't land right with me. It felt so off and I didn't know why. And it turns out that I'm just wrong. And this movie actually fits in really well with the series. And I'll get more into that. But I guess, Stephen, how did this movie f- make you feel? Um, going into this, especially coming into the franchise, like I could tell that some of the characters were characters from other of the movies and some were new. Like I knew Shia LaBeouf's character was a new character, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I felt like it was pretty much a lot of kind of what I was expecting because it's 
Indiana Jones is along the same lines as Uncharted and Tomb Raider and all those other ones, and or the librarians or the keepers or whatever version of this you want to say. It's some archaeologist or person going out and trying to discover clues of some ancient tomb that has some extra stuff with it. And I know this one got a lot of hate because of the weirdness of this one and the like the other ones went more supernatural or went with stories that everyone knows like the holy grail and stuff like that but i i also i didn't like hate this but i also like didn't love it like it's not something that i'm like super interested in i am a little curious to know what the other movies are like building up to this um so i i have told my wife and i will say to you and the rest of the audience now i am planning on watching these movies we have borrowed them from your parents actually (laughs) watch them well Uh, i am going to so yeah and i guess to kind of go off of steven like i i uh, this movie is not perfect there are definitely some flaws and cracks in it but I just I think it is better than what the popular opinion is saying. And I mean, a lot of people said that this movie is too supernatural or too out there. Yeah. You know, like uh, they weren't fans of the whole aliens thing. And I just have to rebut that if you don't think Indiana Jones is not that much in the supernatural, then you really haven't paid attention to his stories. Yeah. He's an archeologist and they try to bring a little bit more realism and into the world, but I'd like to point two times where there are alien like supernatural stories are in the video games. There's the fate of Atlantis and my favorite Indiana Jones game ever. And my brother and sister and I, we used to play this. Uh, It was the, uh, the infernal machine on pc and these games i mean they had aliens and they dealt with supernatural but a lot of his stories do even like raiders of the lost ark and uh the last crusade are supernatural but in a different way it's more of you know on the, the religious side of things and then there's also the supernatural wonder of uh the temple of doom where there's all of that like cali ma stuff and oh yeah i just i think fans are just finding crap to complain about and they don't have any logic behind it most people are upset because of the effects of the movie and i just argue that yeah some of the effects are uh, probably poor um and some scenes don't fit well but i think in general this movie is much better than people say i I think there are some sorry no you're good you're good (laughs) i think there's a lot of really cool puzzles and riddles in this movie um i think that the alien thing i actually think the aliens uh and the aliens being behind all this was actually like really interesting and um even the stuff with talking about like el dorado and stuff like that that's like actually like a big significant story that a lot of people have wondered about and that's something an archaeologist would seek after Aliens is not that far fetched from everything else. Like you have Nazis and stuff that are want to be eternal beings, like in some of these movies. Yeah. Like this isn't that far from that. Well, and another thing that fans complain about are um you know, this is this is getting a little spoiler territory, but if you haven't heard about this, then you live under a rock. But a lot of people, like their biggest complaint, and it was even talked about on Mythbusters, was the nuking the fridge. Yeah. How uh, Indiana Jones survives crashing that fridge, which 
of course no one would survive that like who are you kidding me but if you look at all of the other indiana jones movies like him surviving a fridge crashing into the ground after a lead-lined fridge after a bomb going off isn't the craziest thing he's survived in yeah. this series so i just i think it's a little like it is it's dumb like i agree i always make fun of that scene but i'm like you know what it fits the tone of the series. Well, and like, it, it really does to me because, like, a lot of the things that I remember from, like, bits and pieces I've seen of the other franchise was, like, the way of thinking that, like, Fast and the Furious fans have. Like, people who hate Fast and the Furious are also people that dig in this movie so much. They're like, oh, but this isn't realistic and this is ridiculous. Like, this never, this movie never claimed to be realistic. This movie is talking about aliens. It's talking about the Holy Grail. It's talking about uh, religions and gods existing and all of these crazy things happening and him being able to survive a nuke. Like, when has this ever been real? <laughs> exactly. And I guess... To kind of diverge a little bit, before we move on to spoiler territory, I just want to bring up Harrison Ford one more time. He is perfectly cast. He he is Indiana Jones, and he owns every scene. And I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw this in theaters, and there's the reveal of Indy. He steps out of the uh, this truck, and all you see is his hat and his foot on the ground. Then you see his shadow putting on the hat, and it's just... It's perfect. It's Indiana Jones. Like that's hype right there. Yeah. You know? It's it's for a character so beloved, he just does it so well. Agreed. I, I definitely feel like he fits that role really, really well, whether I personally like him or not, or think it's the greatest character or whatever. I do one hundred percent agree that Harrison Ford plays this character extremely well. And I could really like honestly, I see him in like a Tomb Raider movie or uh uncharted movie like i i honestly don't know why all three of them haven't crossed over it at one point because it's just kind of ridiculous i i love how, how you keep bringing up tomb raider and uncharted which i mean are very similar characters and i mean indy came first just saying he came out before those two so if anything they're copying him <laughs> yeah but i didn't grow up with indy i grew up with tomb raider <laughs> Sounds like you grew up under a rock. Partially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. But uh but yeah, I guess uh do you have anything else to say before we move on? Uh no, I think I'm pretty much ready to get into the nitty gritty of it all. All right. Uh as always, before we move on, next week we are looking at an original versus remake. Uh we're looking at 1963's The Incredible Journey versus 1993's Homeward Bound. Yes. The Incredible Journey. Yes. <laughs> based on a true story. And also based off a book. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Uh now watch that. We'll see you next week. Uh let's move on to the spoilers of Indiana Jones. Woohoo. All right. Where so, do you want to start with this? <clears throat> Well, I think uh, I want to talk about another thing from the beginning that people talked about, and it was the questionable CGI. A lot of people complain about not only that fridge scene in the beginning, but there's the prairie dogs or gophers or whatever they are. They're just like, those are so out of place. And I agree. I'm not a huge fan of those. I think it was really dumb. Uh, But they don't necessarily look bad. I mean, they look CG, but I... I don't think it's terrible. I mean, I think they're unnecessary. Yeah. Like, you don't need them there. But 
one of the funny things I have with the Groundhogs is right when the song's playing, the song uh, Hound Dog by uh, Elvis Presley, right when he says Hound Dog, a groundhog pops up. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Secondly, with that, uh, when you talk about the bad CG, like the biggest moment for me when you say bad CG that I think of is Shia LaBeouf swinging through the vines with those monkeys. That That is awful. That scene is the scene that people talk most about this movie, about how bad the visual effects are. It's it's Shia LaBeouf swinging with the monkeys. It's the uh, man-eating ants and the sword fight scene on top of the vehicles. Like, it's just... Oh, the, yeah. And I think the biggest issue people have with that is not only the CGI, but people that have seen the other Indiana Jones films, a lot of the stuff was... I mean, they were made back in the 80s, but it's more practical so having a full green screen effect it's off-putting when you're not expecting that yeah well i don't think it's necessarily that it's even just off-putting but it's just terrible like i've seen so many other movies do scenes like that so much better whether it was with green screen or practical effects and the way of how terrible some of those scenes look especially with them sword fighting on the the vehicles and the the vines and yeah, like the ants, like you said, like the, all those scenes are very obviously like, what am I watching? Like, it didn't seem like it was a big budget film. And for something that this was the fourth in a franchise that's an extremely popular franchise that gets beloved a lot, I think it's outrageous that they put it through production with that big of visual ugliness. I personally think take the monkey swinging out of that scene and the scene gets better. Uh, I think despite ah, yes. the visual effects being questionable, the scene itself, it's a fun scene. It's an, it's a crazy action scene like in those movies. So, it, I mean, I still enjoyed them. But I think the whole – the biggest part is just take out the monkey thing. Oh, yeah. Take that out. It's uh, and honestly, that one is the most unnecessary. And it's the most outrageous of all of them. Like the fighting on the vehicles and like the ant scene, like those fit with the movie. They're very much part of it. It I couldn't see the movie being played without that. But the whole Shia LaBeouf falling behind everybody else and then him just like glancing over at monkeys and seeing monkeys. He's flying and like one monkey like and he's like yeah i'm gonna swing too and i'm like what is going what is happening right now now all of a sudden shia labeouf can talk to monkeys and all of a sudden he's tarzan he can perfectly swing through vines and he he can catch up with vehicles going 40 miles an hour at the very least cutting through the jungle i'm like this is beyond dumb like this is dumber than anything i've seen in the fast and the furious movies but even those most of the things are practical practical most of the effects in fast and the furious are all practical effects look it up i am shitting you not like him in fast and furious 5 pulling that uh safe through the city they actually were dragging a safe through a city that is practical effects okay that's fine that's fine (laughs) whether it was actually full and that heavy no but it was looked real and it felt real because it actually was more real but. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, this this movie uh, it kind of starts out with Indy and one of his partners uh, getting taken by the Russians or Soviets to this warehouse, 
in a like area 51 and it's a it's a really great scene because you meet like kate blanchett's character and though her accent was a little off-putting yes she rocks that role i absolutely love her i didn't even realize it was kate blanchett honestly oh really yeah (laughs) she she does so good but uh i like that scene because it's just it's a good introduction opening scene Mm -hmm. i do think it is absolutely stupid how the crystal skulls pick and choose whenever they want to be magnetic or not yeah because it's just so funny how he's like give me gunpowder throws it in the air and it the gunpowder goes towards it and then other things don't react to the skulls magnetically until like the scene calls for it like once they get close to the box that has the skull in it then the lights on the ceiling move towards it or their guns and necklaces move towards it but then the next scene they're walking next to it and nothing's moving like my biggest problem with that scene was him throwing the gunpowder in the air and it automatically like goes up like 10 feet into the air and then all of a sudden just starts flying and it flies like 50 feet towards it and then drops and then he has to throw more and he has to keep throwing more and i'm like if it is that magnetized, it is going towards it. It's just going to go all the way over there. Plus, like you said, everything else is going to be magnetized over there. Like, there's just some of those things where I'm like, what are you doing with this? Like, why even have this? Like, if you're going to have it be metallicized, make it so, like, when you open the sarcophagus, everything's magnetized to it. Not make it so, like, oh, gunpowder, fine sarcophagus. <laughs> like, I just did, oh. I didn't like that at all. But... My favorite part of that scene is just the callback. It's the fan service. They, as they're escaping, Indy, of course, you know, is doing his thing with his whip and his stunts and stuff, which fun fact, Harrison Ford didn't do all of, but he did do a lot of his own whip work and a lot of his own stunts for being like a 60 year old man. Yeah. So he didn't do all of them, but he tried. Uh, but I love that scene, how they're getting away and they break some boxes and you see the Ark of the Covenant just peeking out of one of the boxes from the first movie. It's there for fan service, but it's the same warehouse that that movie finishes on. So I just thought it was a really cool callback. But is it one of those unnecessary callbacks? Because you even said that with like Prey when they had the gun from Predator 2 and you're like, yeah, that was weird that that was in there. But it was well, just for fan service. More because I don't think the gun thing fit as well. Uh, I just think, I mean, I think the gun was put there. And I mean, it's probably put there for the same reason. It's, yeah. hey, look, that's from the other thing I've seen. It's just that it makes sense that the Ark of the Covenant is there because that's the warehouse that okay. is stored in at the end of the movie. Okay. Um, Is it a little like too in your face? Absolutely. But <laughs> it is just fun. Yeah, and it's one of those movies where I'd expect that campiness from it. Uh, one of the things I have to say, especially throughout this entire movie, but just in Harrison Ford's career in general, I want an actual statistic on this. And I might go through these all of his movie franchise just to see this. I bet you that Harrison Ford has been fired at more than any other actor's entire career and without being hit. I mean, Star Wars is a franchise that's known for stormtroopers never having good aim. And then he never gets hit by any of the amount of crazy amount of bullets that get shot at him throughout the entire indie franchise. The amount of bullets shot at you without hitting you, statistics-wise, is just insane for your entire filmography career. <laughs> like, this movie, especially the opening scene, it's it's a little too far-fetched. He's running yeah. on the rafters up top or off of the boxes, and... 
all the bullets are hitting everywhere around him but him. So, I mean, it's it's definitely bonkers. But, I mean, you know, bad guys have bad aim until they need to have good aim, you know? Yeah, well, and it's one of those things where you can definitely tell he's getting older in this movie because some of the running away scenes and him, like, climbing up onto stuff, I'm like... Yeah, he's not as nimble or as quick as he used to be. Like, he's definitely getting shot at one point throughout this. He's moving a little slower, but, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, so the movie, you know, cuts over to the college after that. Um, well, after the whole nuking the fridge scene. Yep. But he, uh, oh, can we talk about ends that? Ends up being Nuke. approached. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah, absolutely. Go for um, it. I no, thought it was freaking hilarious that he escapes into basically what looks like almost a shot-for-shot exact replica of Nuketown from Call of Duty. Well, I mean, it's one of those nuclear bomb testing sites. That's what it's modeled after. Yeah, I know, but it's just kind of funny, like, almost, like, like playing that game and then watching this movie, like, you, like, you're like, wow, like, that really is, like, almost identical to it. But then I wonder, like, in that Nuketown even, like, they have running water. They have electricity going through it. And if it's a town that's going to be nuked, why have all of these things going on? Why is there things that he can get exposition from inside of this town that's going to be nuked in like five minutes? <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> all that's right. why. And I mean, they are. it's a simulated town. They want to see what a nuclear bomb would do to the most realistic version of a town possible without using actual people. I guess that's fair. All right. So the, we're back at the college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we get to the college and Indy's being asked about these uh, skulls and stuff. But uh, Indy gets fired from the college or I guess let go because of just all the stuff that happened with him and the nuclear bomb and the skull stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really interesting because then we get introduced to Shia LaBeouf's character, which right off the bat, the first scene you see him, you know, that's Indy's kid. Yeah. You know, but the the movie doesn't say anything till halfway through. You find out he's, you know, Marion's kid and Indy's kid, whatnot. But a lot of people uh, also had complaints about Shia's character in this movie, how this movie was almost playing it almost playing it to uh, pass the torch on to a younger generation. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of that, but um, I think his character does suck, but uh, definitely grew on me a little bit. bit. He's not as charismatic as like Harrison Ford, but his character isn't the worst thing in the world. Like people are saying he's, he's not great, but it's definitely not the worst thing in the world. Coming from a fresh press of eyes to this he didn't seem like he fit he seemed like he especially because the way they dressed him and stuff like that like he looked like he was trying to be danny zuko in this movie he didn't seem like he was trying to be indiana jones's kid and like there's even he's not trying to be i know but like (laughs) so like he's he's dressed like a greaser and like there's even that scene where they're talking at that diner and they're starting to like argue or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like they're starting to make jokes and then a, a whole gang of greasers. And you can see the background of all the other people in the diner. You don't see anybody else wearing like greaser stuff. And then all of a sudden, like a whole gang of people like jump up at him and start going after him. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like these people weren't even in the background of the shot. And then all of a sudden they're surrounding him. And it just, it just seemed like it was for a different, like, I don't know if they were trying to do something for the times or something, but I just felt like his, the way he was dressed compared to everybody else in this movie, besides those other people that showed up out of nowhere, 
were just so from Greece, and I couldn't get that out of my head throughout this entire movie. I was like, why are you dressed like this? You don't dress like anybody else in this movie, and it makes no sense. Like, no one else is wearing leather. No one else is wearing jeans. No one else is doing this. Like, what is going on? I think he was dressed appropriately for the time. It's supposed to be 1957, and... Uh, definitely like the, the high school jocks and stuff, definitely in that scene, uh, the other greasers, um, they are in the background, but they're not prominent. So you might've not seen them, Maybe like, right so. away, but they are definitely there. They, pro- they walk in and, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not so frustrated with the way he was dressed as just as his character is, his character is just not an amazing character he he's he's that young character in every movie that when they work with someone who is remotely older than them they make fun of them for being old like yeah. old man and oh can you see well and like i don't know for me like this is one of my least favorite shia labeouf performances ever i'm actually a big fan of shia i think he gets way more hate than's necessary and he might not be the greatest person of all time or whatever but honestly his work and things is amazing i love disturbia i love transformers i love all of his old uh tv show and disney channel movie stuff i love like most of his stuff and he's even done a lot of like really big awesome indie movies where he's gotten a lot like really serious so i feel like he could play this role really well i just don't think it was written very well yeah i think his character could have been written a lot better but as the story goes on i like some of the dynamic between his character and Indiana. Cause like when they're going through and following, you know, Ox's trail of clues to get lead to the crystal skulls. And they're trying to look for the, like basically where the birthplaces of the crystal skulls, where they resonate. But uh, I, I like all of the different clues and like, archaeology stuff that they do that you know typical indiana jones stuff but mm-hmm. um i think they they work well together when the scene is when they're doing stuff like that when yeah. they're not doing the stupid buddy cop joke thing um and honestly i think shia labeouf with his mom in the movie uh karen allen um i think that uh or i guess her name's uh marion ravenwood in the movie but I really love their interactions with each other. And I think like they had good interactions. I just don't think, and maybe it's something where like shy and Harrison Ford didn't get along or something, but like, I just felt like he had better interactions with most of the other characters in this movie, but not Harrison Ford besides a couple of times where they were finally working together towards the end. That's fair. I mean, I, I think it's just that it's his character is not written the greatest, but I think it's one of those they're not supposed to get along it's that story between the angsty teenager Mm -hmm. and the adult going on an adventure together and they're always going to disagree because it's angsty teenager versus adult yeah but i digress um but yeah i think uh some of the campiness with it like it could be a little frustrating but (laughs) i enjoy it and i think you know it's supposed to be inspired by like fun b movies Mm-hmm. And it shows. And I think that's a good thing. Like, it's not trying to be, like, re- super realistic or just, like, a like a d- dark drama or something. I think I love the campiness of the film. Most of the time for me, I felt like this was uh, – it seemed like it was trying to be a dumb, like, video game more than a movie. Um, I felt like a lot of the things in this seemed more video gamey than it did movie-style 
for it and just a lot of the campiness and humor for it like uh when we talk about the sword fight on top of the trucks um there's that part where shia has got one leg on one truck and another leg on the other truck and it starts to split apart a little bit and so his legs are spread out and for the next 30 seconds he gets hit in the nuts by like 10 different branches of different foliage from the ground that are all sticking up perfectly only at dick height no higher no lower all right at dick height and i'm just sitting there like okay what is this like why have this like there's no humor here it's just stupid um you have some like the yeah. worst sounding thunder i've ever heard in a movie the fakest storms i've ever seen in a movie uh there's just so much of this i just felt like they were trying to go for dumb fun and some of the times they land on dumb fun and other times they landed on just dumb i i agree with you as far as the like the jungle scene that that scene is absolutely ridiculous uh i have another uh, <laughs> uh example with shia there's a time where he's like throwing his uh, switchblade up in the air and like juggling it and if you watch that scene at all he catches that blade end t- two different times and i'm like okay come on like well you're, you're throwing it and you're missing the actual handle and you're catching it by the blade but he's never cutting his hands he's never reacting to it and i'm like i can tell that's a fake knife it's 100 off of a prop it is not a real knife this is, there's no fear to this it's just dumb it's badly shot like have him redo that take like do something differently like, take that out of there why do we even need a scene where he's juggling a knife i I think it's a lot yeah. of these small decisions that really i can see why a lot of people dog on this movie for and but i i can see also where you're coming from because like big picture this does feel like an indiana jones movie from what i have seen and what i have known of the franchise yeah, I think it's fun. Like, I definitely see it for its shortcomings, but it's, I don't know, like, it's definitely the worst Indiana Jones of the four movies, but I do think it's be- it, it's received more of a bad rap than yeah. it should. And honestly, if the trend of Indiana Jones movies stays the way that it did for the original trilogy then I'm actually hopeful because the first movie was received so well. The second movie has fans, but it was, you know, yeah, people didn't like it as much. And then the third one came out and they loved it again. So if it's going to keep going with that trajectory, I am looking forward to the next one because maybe that one will be a lot better. Um, one of the other really dumb scenes for me was that scene where they're on that like boat truck military thing. And she drives it off the cliff onto a tree that lightly puts them down into the water, but then whips right back up and hits somebody else out. <laughs> like it, and it had so much like Fast and Furious vibe. Then they survive three waterfalls in that thing. Three. Like it's just like why even have them go through all that? <laughs> and then uh, the I think my least favorite character throughout the entire day of this was Mac. I hated the double crosser double crossing over and then double crossing the double cross and then double crossing that double cross. He's a quadruple crosser, guys. Well, seriously, yeah, though, I, like, it, well, that's all his character was. His, his character was awful. I hated his character. Well, and does he do that in the rest of the franchise? Because I'm guessing he's a returning character. No, he's not. He's oh, he's character. not. 
Yeah, he's oh. played off like he's been on adventures with Indiana before, okay. like it's alluded to, but he's not a returning character and he's not a good character. He's yeah. he's his character is meant to fill the role of uh probably like Sala's character from earlier in the franchise, but even then, like I don't know, this character wasn't really done well. And then I guess I have to ask you because you know the franchise more than I do. The female interest for him, Shia LaBeouf's mom. Do you think that felt force putting them together in this movie? No, not necessarily. Because, uh, I mean, uh, she's from the original movie. Um, okay. Marion. So, I mean, it's... It, this movie's almost playing off to be, like, a sequel to Raiders. Uh, but, yeah, I think... I don't feel like it felt forced. And out of all of his female love interests... I think Marion fits in this movie more than the others would because the others were more of the, like, the other female love interests in his other movies felt more like, uh, like Bond femme fatale characters, yeah. James Bond characters, where they're just, they're in it to okay. be, you know, there. So I don't know. I feel like Marion's character was fine in this movie. I don't think it was amazing, but I yeah. think, I don't feel like it felt forced. Um, for me, what about you? Uh, I don't necessarily think it felt forced, but like the the moments that I felt were the most forced with it were like Shia LaBeouf not being okay with it and like cock blocking them, like stopping them from kissing multiple times. And I'm like, okay, we don't need to get the I don't want my mom and dad to be together kind of thing. Like, come <laughs> on. <get> <laughs> like, I, I just felt again, that's part of the things where I say like I just don't think Shia's character was written very well because it was stuff like that that just it didn't seem like that's something his character would do or even would care about and for someone who seems to really care for his mom and didn't even know this was his dad would be like oh they loved each other once they could love each other again like I wouldn't think that he would be like I'm opposed to this don't do that you weirdos this is sick <laughs> like and I just felt like he was being so childish for someone who seems like he's in college he seemed like he was acting more like an angsty teenager than someone in college besides him riding the motorcycle. Well, I mean, he was an angsty teenager. He dropped out of school. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's just being a, what is it? He works on cars for a living. That's his life. Which I did love the uh, Indy giving him the advice of, yeah, if that's what you want to do with your life, do that. But then when he finds out he's his kid, you're going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> like i thought that was actually pretty different. funny oh yeah as as this movie goes on like a lot a lot of fans aren't a huge fan <laughs> i guess that's uh the ending just kind of uh a lot of people feel out of place because that's when the aliens actually show up i actually um, like the ending yeah i i really enjoyed it they end up at this like mayan aztec like pyramid area it's and they have to get inside el dorado that's right yeah um and i i just think it's kind of cool that like when they reunite the skull and the aliens come and i don't know i like the idea that you know because like you said earlier people are always wondering like how that civilization even came to be and i like the idea of the alien spaceship just being underneath Oh yeah. Like <laughs> no, I, I honestly thought that was really incredible. Um I, I thought the aliens were really cool design themselves. I thought the skulls of the aliens were cool. I loved how like 
all the different clues and puzzles of the alien skull and they were holding up the skull next to it. It was the exact size and shape and it looked like it could fit into it like a puzzle piece. And it really made me feel like, oh, this was made for this. This is exactly what they intended with this. Like, this is beautiful. This is perfect. And it felt so much like a puzzle game for me. And that's why I say it has a lot of those video game kind of moments for me where I was like, oh, this matches exactly this. This is so cool. (laughs) This is what we need. Well, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, like Tomb Raider and Uncharted basically do this, uh-huh. you know, uh, and uh, I just think it, it does. It, it does feel like that. And it's fun. And that, that scene where the aliens like the spaceship starts spinning and all of the bodies all crumble into one being. And yeah, that was cool as shit. That is the coolest scene in this entire movie. I have it in big bold letters on here because I was like. I don't know why the aliens get so much hate for this. The aliens are the best part of this movie, to be honest. I think everything that dealt with the aliens, the crystal skull itself, besides the magnetism problems at the beginning, I honestly think a lot of that is the best parts of this movie. It's it's really fun and campy, and I don't know. It's it's better than what I remember, and that's why I said earlier. Like I feel like this movie it earns its place among the other the other Indiana Jones movies. It's not it's still at the bottom but yeah i don't think it's a bad movie yeah yeah and i wouldn't necessarily say bad i just wouldn't put my biggest foot towards it (laughs) yeah no i and i can i can agree with that i also really love that they kept bringing up the indy hates snakes because i know that's a thing in all the movies and there's that time where he's like ah i hate snakes Yeah, I, I do like how they the have a lot of good callbacks to earlier in the series. And then um, I guess kind of on a different note, on the music side of things, I love the return of John Williams in yes. this movie. Bringing back, like, he brings back the nostalgia, like the music from the other movies, but then he also updates it to kind of fit with the tone of the movie. I yeah. think he does. Brings his A game like always. No, I, I love the score for this. John Williams always is amazing. Um, the one of the other thing that I wanted to say is I didn't really like the. I don't know if all the other ones had like a big important message they wanted to try to get across with like finding the Holy Grail and realizing you didn't want immortality or something like that. But like for this one, I didn't like the knowledge is power or knowledge was the treasure after all kind of gimmick they had kind of at the end there. And then I didn't know if I really liked the way they were trying to allude that they were going to possibly hand off the reins to Shia with the hat blowing to Shia's feet. And he like looks like he's going to might take up the mantle and pick it up. But then Harrison grabs it back. like, nope. And then just walks out. And I'm like, ah, OK. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy that he took the hat from him and put it back on. Like, yeah, you haven't earned the right to wear that hat. I guess, uh, do you have any thoughts of where you think the future of this is going? Do you have any thoughts of what the Destiny of Dial is going to be or Dial of Destiny or whatever it is? I don't know. It it looks like it's going to be, it's a time travel movie. And I think the main reason they're doing time travel is so that they don't have to really use Harrison as much. Yeah. Uh, Because, I mean, he's old. He's getting up there. So, and I mean, he's great and a great character. But yeah, I think it's, it's... It's going to be interesting. I'm definitely um, probably going to go see it. The trailer looks good for it. I will give it that. But I'm intrigued to know what they actually do with it. And I'm just kind of getting to the point where I'm like, I don't want to see time travel in every franchise. Yeah. 
And I, I think, you know, that's what they're going to do. And I mean, time travel has been in movies forever, but uh, it's just the thing to do nowadays, especially the technology being the way it is. As long yeah. as they don't go like the whole, uh, if they can keep it as a time travel movie and not go into the multiverse realm, I'll be happy. Yeah, I don't want to see multiple because... indies at the same time. I don't want to see old Harrison Ford next to Harrison Ford now next to Shia LaBeouf. I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see three yeah, of them. Uh, right. So I mean, yeah, everything. So I mean, I'm I'm excited to see it. I know okay. I'm just kind of like a blubbering idiot about it, but the trailer looks interesting, and I'd be excited to see where it goes. All right, and I guess we didn't actually give our ratings of the movie, so we should do that as well. Like, uh, I'm gonna say, watch it. Um, if you're if you're a fan of indie, watch it. Uh, if you're at all interested, I'd say at least check it out. I don't think it's you know probably worth the buy. I mean, if you buy the um special edition like Blu-ray collection of the Indiana Jones movies, you're gonna get it anyway, so you may as well watch it. But I'd say at least rent it. It's fun. If you want a campy good time. Fair enough. Uh, I think for me, this is a stream it. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would pay money for it. Uh, if I did get it in a bundle with the rest of the Indiana Jones pretty cheap, I probably would get that, honestly, just because I'd have them all and I could finally watch them all. And I know you love them and Jen loves them and everybody I know pretty much loves the movies. I just haven't gotten to them. <laughs> well, one, once you watch them, let me know what you think. But I will. you'll have a good time. Even if you don't love them, I guarantee you're going to have a good time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like even... Because everyone pretty much all agrees that this is the worst one. So if I even slightly enjoyed this one, I'm going to enjoy the other ones at least more than this one. So I have that to look forward to. <laughs> there you go. So right. uh, that's Indiana Jones. Next week, join us for the original remake of Homeward Bound. Woohoo! All right. And we love you. Bye. Bye.